Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Power Your Life Radio Show with host and success doc, Joanne White. Author, speaker, certified coach, and energy master, Doc White gets to the heart of what matters most. She features guests and experts to help you consciously create more success, health, and wellness in every area of your life, work, and relationships. They'll share their success stories, wisdom, and know-how to help you shine more light onto your day and into your life. Power your life right now. Here's Joanne White. Hello, everyone, and thanks so much for joining Power Your Life. And I'm Joanne White, and it's a pleasure to be here. So many times we want people to love us, to appreciate us, to to recognize who we are, our worth, our value, and oftentimes we do so with so much people-pleasing. And I have a very special guest who's going to talk to you and us about the downside of people-pleasing and how you can get past that and overcome that. And I'm talking about Florence Ann Romano, who is a personal growth strategist, an author, a philanthropist, as well as a businesswoman with a sparkling personality. After spending 15-plus years as a child care provider, she formerly is known as the Windy City Nanny. Florence Ann is the author, excuse me, the authority on child care and family and village support. She demonstrates that not only is the saying, it takes a village, true, but how important the need for community truly, truly is. His latest book is Build Your Village, A Guide to Finding Joy and Community in Every Stage of Life, which is really beyond words. Florence Ann flourishes as both an advisor for and the vice president of Business Strategy for Yakety Yak. She's a proud member of the Board of Directors at the Children's Research Fund and Family Strong, also a founding member of Sesame Street's Leadership Council. Florence Ann's been featured on over 500 national and local media outlets, including Sherry, ABC, CBS, NBC, and Fox TV. She is amazing and a regular expert on over 10 national TV affiliates across the United States. Welcome, Florence Ann Romano. How oh, are you? Hello, Dr. Jo- Dr. Joanne. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for such a lovely intro. I'm, I'm thrilled to, to dig deep here into the people-pleasing. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad to have you. And as we were talking earlier, you know, it really is a problem. And people, when people do it, they really, they don't feel good about themselves. So talk, no. first tell us what people-pleasing is for those, well, of, the, I would those like, of our listeners uh, who are sure if they're doing it and what it is. Sure. I, I'd like to first admit that I am a recovering people pleaser. I probably will be for the rest of my life. And I think all of us who are people pleasers uh, kind of have to recover for the rest of our lives. It's just one of those things you have to actively work on. Uh, you know, people pleasing is, is really about uh, not understanding uh, that you're allowed to have boundaries. 
uh, and also not uh, standing up for yourself or advocating when it comes to those boundaries being overstepped. Uh, and, and I think it's important for people to also recognize that boundaries are not just there for you to say, hey, this is all about me and what I need and me, 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 grabby, grabby, grabby. It's also I'm doing this to protect you, too. I'm doing this so we can actually have a chance at a healthy relationship. I heard it said once, and I really loved it, that boundaries are you actually fighting for the relationship. Because if you didn't care about the relationship or the person or making modifications to something that maybe didn't feel good or your boundaries are being disrespected or you weren't being seen, heard, and understood, if, if you didn't care, then you wouldn't be putting in the effort to try to create something healthier. Um, so if you find yourself constantly worried about how you're coming across to, to someone else and are they going to like me? Am I saying and doing the right thing? Am I going to be able to fit into this group if I don't look this way, sound this way, act this way? If you're constantly analyzing, overanalyzing yourself about how it is that I can fit in or never make someone mad or not cause any ripple effects or, you know, not be the problem, then you probably are suffering from people pleasing. <laughs> that was a great explanation, Florence, and so true. You know, boundaries, it sounds like somebody thinks, no, that sounds so negative and, and enforceable, but, but it's important. Like you said, they're healthy and they help both people or all the parties that are concerned, which is really important. What's interesting, and I want you to address this, and then we'll get deeper into it, a lot of people have family members that really can be abusive verbally and mentally and emotionally, and they feel that I can't I can't do anything about that. I, but what would you say? Isn't it okay to be able to create those boundaries to to be safe and to care for oneself and also to protect others? The short answer is, of course, and, and I'll give you an example from my own life. So I have a family member that, you know, I can't do away with. <laughs> Put it that way, you know, I can't. I can't get away from this family member. I have to deal uh, with them. Um, and I have to find a way to be able to create those boundaries and not escalate the situation. Uh, right. And, you know, with a volatile person, that sometimes can be very challenging. And so for me, and I hope this is helpful to other people, I have to figure out how to create that boundary in a way that maybe that person isn't exactly aware of what it is that I'm doing. Um, but I know, I know what my intention is. So an example of this, um, this person that I'm referring to in my family, I have a rule that I don't talk on the phone to this person more than three minutes. When this person calls me, it's three minutes and done. Yeah, because I know if I let the conversation go further than that, you know, he may 
uh, start to go down a rabbit hole that I don't want to go down or he may trigger me in some way or whatever the case may be. So I have figured out that a boundary for me is three minutes and I can handle that. And I usually try to drive the conversation um, and pivot if I need to. So it's really more so you deciding what does the control aspect look like. And I don't mean that in, you know, I'm trying to control you, change you, fix you, but what are the things I can control in my life right now about this situation when something feels out of control? What is my boundary going to be? And so he doesn't know that I have a three-minute rule. He has no clue that that's something that I that, that that he's unaware that I'm doing that. He just thinks, okay, we have our phone call and that's it, and we touched base, and okay, good. But I know that that's the way that it's it's I'm able to keep it level. I'm able to try to stop perhaps it getting to um, you know a, a, an escalated point, like I said before. So that's a very specific example of, of maybe what a boundary looks like, but that is something I have to do with a person in my life that is unpredictable. And that's my way of trying to uh, control my behavior to make sure that I am going to get the peace that I want as much peace as I can, at least, in a situation with a person who, again, is unpredictable. You know, that's really important because, again, you're you're doing it to create that level of peace. You're not really hurting the other person or right. dismissing them entirely, Florence, but you're setting, like, a kind of a quota in terms of the amount of time to talk so it doesn't get out of hand, and, and that's a beautiful, a beautiful way to handle it. So thank you for that. You know, so sure. many people so many people mm-hmm. don't know how to say no. They feel that right. if they say no, they're a bad person, that if they say no, they're not helping people, they're not caring. And this is so essential and there need to be ways and, and I know of ways and you know of ways that that we need to be able to do that for, for protecting ourselves. So Please talk about that and and also introduce a few ways that people can say no and still feel like they're okay with themselves and they're not doing damage. (laughs) Well, you know, again, going back to the people-pleasing, if you say no, you know, you feel that you're letting someone down or, you know, you're disappointing someone or you're being rude. And, you know, I was raised in a good old-fashioned Italian household, you know, and, and I, you know, manners and, and, you know, respecting your elders and respecting one another, that was all part of it, you know. And I think um, we've had to redefine exactly what it means to have manners but then also have boundaries. And for some reason that seems to be a blurred line for people, and I understand why. Um, you know, I like to be able to be helpful. I like to be the one that someone can call and, you know, will get the job done and can be the go-to. Um, but as I've gotten older, I've realized that, you know, I'm starting to feel maybe a little depleted or a little burned out or, you know, or, um, you know, not as, as joyful maybe or just run down. And then you have to look inward and think, well, why am I feeling that way? Am I, am I taking on too much? And, yes, the answer is, of course, you're taking on too much, but it's more than that. It's you're probably taking on too much of things that don't bring you joy. 
And that's where you have to pivot. That's where you have to shift. So saying no to the things that are draining you and yes to the things that are filling you up. And yes, we don't always have that choice. Life is full of things we don't want to do and obligations and, you know, and, and everyone's, you know, exhausted and overbooked and overworked and all of those things. But it's our job to be more selective about how we're saying yes and no. And, and saying no, again, it's not rude to say no, but the way you say something certainly can be rude. The way you deliver that no can certainly be rude. So what's it going to take for you to be able to advocate for yourself, to stand up for yourself, to say no, um, but say it in a way that you're going to be proud so I always say, say what you mean, but don't say it mean. You can absolutely say no and not say it in a mean way. Um, and so I think delivery is key here, and I think that's what you probably have to work on. And not, I'm not talking about you, you doctor. I'm talking about, oh, I know. you know, generally the public. That's probably, you know, something I need to work on, too. And this is also very powerful. Pausing. Pausing before you respond. Taking a minute to say, you know what, I'm going to get back to you on that. Um, or, you know what, you answer an email and say, just, you know, I'm confirming receipt of this email. Thank you so much. I'll be back to you in about a day or two or whatever you say. Allow yourself the opportunity to pause before you give an answer. Um, that also signals that you are being thoughtful. And uh, it's, it's not rude to do that. It's rude to not communicate. It's rude to be, you know, to, to not, um, you know, I'm going to use something so simple. When someone does an RSVP to a party, you know that host is sitting there in the background like, oh, I can't believe I have to chase this person down. This is so rude. You know, the least I do is just tell me yes or no. So, again, there's a difference between being mannered and advocating for yourself. It all comes down to the delivery. So those are my two tips for everyone out there. You are allowed to pause. You are allowed to take a beat to decide uh, before you give an answer. And you absolutely can say what you mean without saying it means. Beautiful. And that's so important. You know, also, pausing is so that we don't blurt out something that, that we cannot take back, and people do that a right. lot. The right. emotional stuff just comes up, and there it goes. And maybe you didn't really mean it, but in the moment you said it, and there it is, and it's out there. And there, you know, you can't. You, there are no returns, <laughs> and that's important. Exactly. I also have exactly. taught people, and I know you do this, to say, you know, I would really love to. I would love to help you, but but like you said earlier, my schedule is just so full. I I. I I I don't think I can really fit that in. So that's not saying, you know, no, I can't. It's giving them, uh, you know, that, yeah, I really would love to or help. And, and that's, like you said, Florence, a nicer way of a delivery, and the delivery is so important. Why is people-pleasing, What? <laughs> Why is that hurtful to us? Why does that, what does that do to us that, like you talk about the downside of it, that we need mm -hmm. to really take that? Well, constantly prioritizing others' needs over your own, it, it, hinder, it hinders your personal development. You know, it leads to what I just talked about, these feelings of resentment or burnout. 
and it, it also limits your own self-worth. And, and, and also, ultimately, and what I think is the scariest part of it, is you start to become this version of yourself that is not authentic. You, depending on it, who it is that you want to fit in with or who you're trying to impress or who you're trying to please, uh, you may be fitting yourself into a definition of something that is not genuine to who you are. And then all of a sudden you start morphing into this other being. You, you know, you become this chameleon in some ways, you know, because you want uh, to be who you think someone else wants you to be or who a group wants you to be in order to gain access to it. So this can be very damaging to who you are as a person, you know, when we're supposed to live our lives as authentically as we can, and we're supposed to be aligning ourselves with people who are going to have similar values to us um, and who are going to be uh, the right type of support and influence. Um, but if you start to lose yourself uh, in this people-pleasing um, it really can be so detrimental to your mental and physical and emotional health. You know, that's so really important. And it's, it, I think, too, it's we're devaluing ourselves. Right. And, and that's not, you know, we have to really recognize that we are worthy and that we we have a right to do so, to say no. And like you said earlier, Florence, to look at, what activities and what things we're doing that really give us a sense of joy and are not totally draining because a lot of things we have to do can be draining, but we do have choices, and that's that's so very important. So how do we build ourselves up rather than going through this people-pleasing <laughs> challenge? <laughs> it, it's really about that evaluation. You have to figure out, you know, where the pain point is for you. Just like you go to see a doctor and they're going to diagnose what the problem is, you know, why you're feeling sick. Um, you're doing the same for yourself. You know, where is my issue right now? Why do I see and feel myself being drawn to this people-pleasing? Is it a certain group that I'm trying to fit in? Um, am I feeling lonely in my life and I'm just kind of trying to grab whatever I can is a lifeline right now, and I'm not really figuring out whether that has an alignment to what I need, what I want, who I am. Uh, it, again, it, it, it's about looking inward. And sometimes, and, and this, oh gosh, in so many ways in life, isn't this true, Dr. Joanne? It's very scary for us to look inward because that work takes honesty and vulnerability. And that's, how, that's not always a really comfortable place for people to go. And I think the hardest part about this people-pleasing is getting comfortable with being uncomfortable. Because in order to try to correct this in our life, we're going to have to do things that don't always feel great. And it's going to start with maybe that no word. Um, but... What's a way that you can take a step forward into it? What's the tiptoe for you? You know, I always believe small steps lead to big results. So what is that small step you can take to start correcting this? 
And you know what? It could be as small as, you know, I have been out five days in a row this week, and I I know I said yes, you know, to going to that dinner party, but you know what? I just, I cannot do it. I, I don't have any more socialization left in me, and I am, I am not going to be uh, a, a popular uh, person at this party because I am not going to add anything to it because I know my mood is not there, my mind is not there, and I'm going to do the thing that I need to do for myself, and that's going to be, you know, saying I'm so sorry I can't make it. Um, and not offer a, you know, diatribe of <laughs> an explanation about it, but that you're going to do that for yourself. You're going to say no, but you know you're probably going to disappoint the person, and you have to wrap your mind around that and know that it's okay. You don't make a habit of doing this and being flaky or, you know, canceling last minute all the time or things like that, that you're allowed to do those things for yourself sometimes when you need to. So, again, that's a situation, a very specific situation that I'm illustrating. But as an example of that is a step that you can take in this journey of trying to recover from the people-pleasing, but that's an uncomfortable situation. But you're going to have to do something similar to that probably in order to take that first step. You know, it, and that's so very important, even if it's, a, like you said, even if it feels uncomfortable initially, but it's there to really help us. And it, we, when you said looking within, we really have to do that. We, I, I believe that wholeheartedly. We, it may be uncomfortable, but in terms of being able to move forward with any kind of change and looking honestly and authentically, as you beautifully state, we have to see what's going on. We have to see how we're behaving, how we're acting, how we're interacting. And if we don't like it, if it's not helping us, like also, you know, uncomfortably so, we may need to change it and so that we feel good about ourselves. I want to focus a little bit on your your book, Build Your Village, A Guide to Finding Joy and Community in Every Stage of Life, of course, Beyond Words. Tell our listeners a little bit more about this book and how we can build a village. <laughs> Well, I love the proverb, it takes a village to raise a child. Everyone's heard that. Every politician, I think, has said it. Um, I, I love it, but I think it's limiting. Um, I think it also excludes a big part of our population who does not have children. And so I'd like to chop it right in half. It takes a village and just end it there. Um, and because I want people, no matter what they were born into, to feel empowered to find their people, to find their community. And whether or not you have children, that should not be the, the, the ticket that it takes to enter the village. No matter what, you should be able to find your people. And so I uh, created six archetypes in the book, six villagers, if you will, that you identify with. And you think about, okay, out of these six, you know, do I have these six people in my village? Do I have, you know, do I have maybe, you know, four out of the six? Or maybe I have the wrong people sitting in the wrong seats. I need to shuffle the deck. Um, and who am I to other people? Because this can't just, again, be all about me, 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 and what I need. Who am I to other people? How do I show up in other people's villages? Because you learn a lot about yourself also, too, uh, you know, 
doing that work about how you show up for others. And that's also going to influence how you build your own village. So it's this beautiful circle. Um, and so, and I really created uh, these archetypes in this book out of COVID uh, and seeing that support systems and communities were ripped away from people. And we realized at the time just how important it was and how much we depended on our village and what the consequences were to not having uh, your, the, those people, to not having your people. And then once we emerged, reemerged from COVID, uh, we saw the mental health crisis really explode. We saw loneliness in our country explode. Uh, and so this idea of connection uh, is extremely important. Um, and, you know, going back to the old days, as they would say, you know, everyone had villages. That's how the world, you know, that's how the world was. That's how families uh, um, operated, was in these villages. And so uh, it's about understanding what that looks like today for you and, again, empowering you to know that no matter what you were born into, that you get this option in your life and you deserve this. You deserve connection. You deserve to find your people. I love that, that a lot of people don't feel that they deserve a lot of things, but it is important to recognize that you do deserve, you do deserve, like you say, Florence, to have a community, to be connected, to feel valuable and valued and to give back and receive, so that's important. Can you share a couple of those archetypes that you're talking about? Oh, sure. So uh, the, the six archetypes, people always ask me, do you have a favorite? I'm like, it's like saying, do you have a favorite child? I'm like, well, I guess I don't have a favorite, but I'll give you the six. They're accepting, dependable, cheerleader, communicator, organizer, and healer. And, of course, I go into detail in the book about all six of those um, but I will tell you something about the healer because it is, it is one of my favorites to talk about. I always say that this person is the one who walks next to you through whatever the it is in your life. Uh, but it's important to remember that this person doesn't fix you or fix the situation. They are there to be your consciously compassionate true north and make you feel better. But it's important in life to know that when we have a healer, whether we're that person or we have that person in our lives, that we never put the pressure on someone to ever fix because that's never, that's never appropriate. But being next to someone, walking through it with them, being with them, that's, that's what we're supposed to do, living a life in service of others. We can do that. We can walk next to someone. Uh, and that's how we really start to form really healthy bonds and relationships. You know, and, and I love all of those, the, those archetypes because they're wonderful, and, and people could probably fit into more than one. But I wanted to share something about healing because as a Reiki master teacher, what we teach to the people that we're certifying is that you're not healing anybody. So it goes so along with what you're saying. We're, we're actually helping them access their own healing abilities, their own strength, their own power, their own whatever it is that they need, and that's really important. So you're just fostering their own healing, but the healing takes place from them, within them, et cetera. So that, so that just 
really is very important. So how did you, I want a little bit of a backstory. <laughs> how did you get involved in Yakety Yak and, and working with um, all the, Jenny, well, all the things that you're doing with Sesame Street and, and the whole sense of community and building your village, what, what led you to that, Florence Ann? Well, funnily enough, and I don't think anyone's going to be too surprised to hear this probably, I had a career in child care for over 15 years uh, as a nanny. And uh, I, I learned a lot <laughs> being a nanny, being in other people's homes and seeing the dynamics of family. And uh, I started to do a lot of media regarding child care in the new millennium because I had written a children's book called Nanny and Me to help children understand the transition of parents to being cared for by a nanny or a caretaker. And once I started doing media uh, about child care in the new millennium, like I said, and the dynamics of families, uh, it, it led me to talking about a lot of different topics. And, and then it started to branch out more into the personal growth side of things uh, because I had seen from a very bird's eye view and a very intimate view uh, what it took uh, to make a family work in all different shapes and forms. And I've always been very curious about human nature and relationships. And what really translated from that work as a nanny into personal growth was that it is about connection. And it is about uh, relationships and, and building um, the building blocks that, that go into that. And so uh, as I started to dive deeper uh, into kind of this, again, like I had mentioned, this epidemic of loneliness and the mental health crisis in our country, it led me a lot of different places, even from a philanthropic standpoint. You had mentioned my work at Lurie Children's Hospital here in Chicago um, and then also Sesame Street. Uh, and Sesame Street has always been very important to me. My brother, who has autism, uh, grew up watching it and learning from it, and so I've always had a special place in my heart for it. And right now, um, Sesame is rolling out a lot of content that has to do with the mental health crisis, uh, especially with children in the world today. Um, and so all of these threads uh, are very uniquely woven together for me. And, again, the common connection is connection. I love it. And it's so, connection is so very important. It really is. And it's so, we need that. We need that. We thrive on it. And, and it's a beautiful way of enhancing our lives and the lives of other people. So tell our listeners how they can get a hold of you, get a hold of these books, anything else you want to share, because you're a beautiful soul and you have so much to offer. Oh, thank you, Doctor. You you as well, sending that love and light right back to you. Uh, my, my website is florencean.com. The book is available there, anywhere books are sold. And then you can find me on social media, Florencean Romano. I answer every DM that I get on Instagram, so please don't hesitate to reach out to me. I like to think of myself as your virtual village. I love it. <laughs> so what would you like to leave our listeners with? The most important thing, if you take anything away from what we discussed today, is that you deserve, you deserve, deserve, deserve to take this time and figure out how to build your village and how to find your people. It is not 
selfish of you to, to want to be seen, heard, and understood. So make sure you do make the time in your life to find the people that are going to love you the right way and the healthy way. Um, and if you were born into something that was less than extraordinary or less than perfect or toxic or hurtful or abusive, I hope you know that you can take your power back. And this is one place in your life that you can take control and you do deserve to find your people. Beautiful. I love it. What's next for you, Florence Ann Romano? I mean, you you just keep moving and growing and inspiring people. <laughs> I love it. Oh gosh, well, gosh, you're so kind. Thank you. I, you know, I really am hoping to be able to get out there more and get in front of people more, maybe on some more stages uh, in person or maybe virtually. Um, maybe another book in me eventually uh, to kind of expand on the things we're talking about here, but. Um, my life philosophy is to live a life in service of others. So that is what I'm always trying to explore. And however I can be of service, I want to do that and lean into that, kind of that divine direction. So um, I'm just trying to kind of listen to the beats in my heart. Well, that's beautiful. And I share that with you. I believe that we're here to serve and it, and it's, not only for other people, when we do serve, we feel good and it's so fulfilling. And I think we all need to think in that way. Even, you know, it doesn't matter how we're serving. It doesn't have to be large. But something that, that, that we share with somebody or some people that offers some kindness, some compassion, some meaning, whatever. So you are a blessing, Florence Ann Romano. Thank you so much for being on the show and for t- showing people how they can move past people-pleasing to really feel more empowered and access the joy within themselves. Thank you so much. This was so joyful, and I'm sending all that love right back to you. Well, thank you, and have a beautiful, blessed day. Take care. You too. So think about what Florence Ann Romano said, because, again, it's so important to make sure that you are taking care of yourself and that you really recognize that doing so and evaluating what's toxic and what's not, as she said so beautifully, is, is it's not selfish. It's, it's really a way of sustaining yourself and self-preservation. And Florence Ann also said, you know, you don't have to do everything in big steps. Take one step forward. And so today what I want you to do is take those little steps because, as she said beautifully, all those little steps add up, and lo and behold, you'll find out that they get you to where you need to be. So take those little steps today. Power your life in the direction that you choose and have a beautiful day and take care of you. You've been listening to the Power Your Life radio show with host and author, Dr. Joanne White. Listen often and spread the word about the upbeat show to enrich you and grow your life in the direction you desire. Listen again and again and visit DocWhite.org for more information and find out how Dr. Joanne can benefit you. Thank you for sharing your day with us and stay tuned for more exciting guests and events to come.